I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Hockey Show. Hey everybody! Happy Tuesday! Happy be- the best possible Say Tuesday, it. which is Say Bad it. Tuesday. Poonchki Day. Oh, but come on, dude! You, you oh. gotta say Poonchki Day. Well, it's Poonchki Day. A resident Michigander. How 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 far besides Poland or wherever it came from in Metro Detroit and Hamtramck? How far does Poonchki Day travel? Is it does it impact Pittsburgh? How far into the U.S. has it? <laughs> I think we I think we might be the eastern border. Here's what I'll say. <laughs> so you're familiar the, with it then. Come on, I'm, okay. I'm, I don't treat, know. treat boy. No, treat boy number one doesn't know. Uh, yeah, you know your doesn't know poonchies. The grocery store nearest to my house has, like, in the in the bakery, mm-hmm. has a chalkboard that says "Happy Poonchki Season" on it, and it's been up there for a few weeks, or a, I don't a week, few weeks, a month, whatever. And they have and they have like they have you know grocery store poonchkis in there. That's pretty Why good. Why don't you explain poonchkis to people who don't who don't know what they are? Craig? I don't. They're like a big. This is a hockey podcast, by the way. Oh yes, this is the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we could actually do our job. Um, who cares? The yeah, this is the athletic hockey show. We have a good show for you today, as always. Um, we have a uh, Charlie Lindgren. Uh, he doesn't always join us. Charlie Lindgren joins us in the second segment. Washington Capitals goalie. Which I'm sure was a great interview. I'm sure it was. Sean? If there's issues with the interview, they have nothing to do with Charlie. Hmm. He's game. Great dude. Michigan guy. Backup goalies who are always who are always just a blast to talk to. He was with the Canadians for a while and with the Blues for a bit. And 
he's in Washington just trying to establish himself as like a true blue, you know, top end backup in the in, in the NHL. And he's he's getting there. I of course set that one out because it's family day for uh, those of us. Uh, Monday mm-hmm. was family day sure. when you recorded that, and we're quarter Canadian as we all know. So required to take a quarter of the day off, which was fell right in the interview. It was so unfortunate, Sean. Like that was the moment. You got a quarter of the day off, but what? But you know what? (laughs) Didn't get a half day off. (laughs) (laughs) Tried to take a full day off. Would have settled for less and got and got a quarter. You know what? There you go. We'll take it. I mean, that's that's what Mm -hmm. the bloodlines dictate. Uh, We. So let's, if you want to describe Poonchkis, I don't even know if I've ever had one, to be honest. If I'm being, if we're in the trust tree. You're a fraud. I know. You've never know. had one. I'm not. They're, they're donuts without whole. They're really bad you have been for your whole life. Mm-hmm. As a kid. Um, They're donuts without holes that have filling in them, whether it's like, you know. I'm sure I've be, had one. Could be, it could be fruit. It could be, you know, more chocolate, cinnamon, whatever based. Donuts without holes. Could it be wonderful uh, filled with meat, like uh, those pasties? Yeah, like a <laughs> like a samosa or something. <laughs> no, thank you. Beef and onion. Savory. <laughs> um, cabbage. What is? What yeah, is a little bit of cabbage. So Peas. yeah. So happy, happy Poonski Day to all the to celebrate. Uh, we w- there's a lot to talk about. We are 11, mm-hmm. as we sit here and record, we are 11 days out from trade deadline. Really active early session for the GMs, which I think you wrote somewhere, Sean. I think it was you. Like, hey, th- this is a good thing because it gives these GMs some time to sit here and marinate. Like, if everybody was in on Bo Horvat and that was holding up the, the market, we might not we might not have, you know, a ton of action. Now it's like, hey, what's plan B look like? And we have lots of time to figure out plan B. It's time for GMs to convince themselves that they need players that they may not. That's right. You know, like, like, like they're like, okay, we got to guys get itchy. They're like, we want, we want to do something. We have to do something, especially when you see not just the caliber of players that have moved, but the teams specifically that they've ended up on. Right. Like the Metro division race is crazy. Yeah. The bottom of the, 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 the Eastern wild card race is crazy. You have the Islanders, as of this morning, as of Tuesday morning after beating Pittsburgh on Monday night, they are in the wild card based on points, albeit not points percentage, because they played pretty significant amount more games than Pittsburgh and Washington and Detroit's in the conversation now, at least on the periphery of it. So you look at the players that changed hands and you look at where they ended up and you look at the races specifically that those teams are involved in. And it seems like a situation where it's right and not to take it back to what Don Waddell told us last week, but I think there was some prescience there where he's like, maybe a player moves who you weren't expecting. And I yeah. think that this particular situation and the way stuff is shaken out over the last few weeks, it seems like the potential for uh, an unexpected move is more present now than maybe it has been in the past. Well, you have time to lay the groundwork for that. Like, it's like, okay, plan A is gone. Now let's be creative. And I always like, uh, you know, this both of us hasn't done trade grades for years. The the you know when you grade those rentals for the first prospect and part deal, mm-hmm. you always want to give the rental the person who acquired the good player the the better grade, and that seems to be oh they're adding Ryan O'Reilly that's great veteran, and it never seems to really work out. Like rarely, you got you you know I don't know what justifies those deals, but eight times out of ten it doesn't work. The ones that I would argue work out are the ones that are long term moves made. 
you know, or at least mm-hmm. with the long term in mind. And so, if that truly, if we're reading in Adon's comments, if that truly is the you know what's happening behind the scenes, look, those are like those are the ones that people should be talking about right now. And it's going to be fun to see, like, and it's up to us really to figure out, or, or, or me, I guess. It's up to you, really. Since my fi- since my fingers work and yours don't, um, mm. we got to figure out who those guys are because there are there are players out there who maybe have a little bit of term left that aren't just because who who are the who are the players understandably on big boards and and, and our trade boards and whoever you know we're trying to figure out who are the most likely candidates to move. Nine out of ten of them are guys who are who are. Uh, who are pending UFAs, right? right? There aren't a ton of Jacob Chikrins or Timo Myers or, you know, whoever else who have years of team control that are left, but that doesn't mean that they're not out there in, in some other, in some other capacity. But that being said, you know, the UFAs are still the funnest ones to, they're still the conversation pieces and they're still, and they're still the target for a lot of, for, for whatever reason, even though things have changed relative to where they were 10 years ago, there's a reason that UFAs are still, the ones overall dominating the conversation here. And it's because those are the ones that are talked about because the price tags are low. Like everybody, right. people get sticker shock still when it comes to players with terms. So that's why we're still talking about Patrick Keynes and, you know, Gavrikov and these, these, these guys who are, who are pending, who are pending UFAs. Um, I, there's a, uh, there's a writer on Twitter named Brett Lee who is a fun follow, and he he was breaking down who those young players. If you if you did like a lightning situation, um, mm-hmm. who those young players might be, and he you know he's brought up Owen Tippett is is you know if you're the Flyers and you can get a nice return for somebody who's cheap and productive, maybe that makes sense. Like that's that's interesting. You just you know we don't know how much of those conversations are going on. We do know Patrick Kane is probably moved to the to the spotlight now. And you think West at this point, mm-hmm. you know, we've been all these Eastern conference opportunities are dwindling fast. One of those teams out West is going to, is going to make, take a run here. With the caveat that some Eastern conference team is probably going to lose out. Well, is going to lose out on Timo Meyer, whether mm-hmm. that he's been connected strongly to the devils for weeks now. And can't we just get that done? That, Let's go Tom. I don't, why is it not done yet? I think is a is a is a fair question. Yeah, you know, I mean, and, and I know it's we we're got we're what ten days out, eleven days out now, so we'll see. But either whether they don't get him, mm-hmm. whether Carolina doesn't get him, like only one team can reel in Timo Meyer, right? So with that caveat, that say if if Meyer does end up in New Jersey, and you know. Carolina has to make decisions as to whether they're going to move or whether they're going to acquire a guy who's like not in line with the typical player profile or whatever, which is Kane, like whatever. We'll see, I guess where that lands. Yeah. But all the teams that make the most sense with Patrick Kane, even though everyone tried to has has tried to mock him to the Maple Leafs for the past three days. I saw Myrtle doing some salary cap gymnastics. Myrtle, Myrtle wore his, wore his hat, wore the uh, Leafs call him this hat. (laughs) <laughs> he put Beautiful. it back on, baby. Yeah. He was he was trying to he was trying to put him back in the in the in the Toronto top nine, which is fine because that's what the we shouldn't take this 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 season so seriously. Like it's who cares if people. I don't think anybody's stuff, accusing right? us of that, John. We think, we the I mean, we the hockey sure. landscape in general, or not the Tuesday edition. I think it's I think I mean not us. I right. just I I think it's fine to just 
throw spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks as long as you you know portray it that way and yeah. you're honest about about your about you know the the nature of the experiment that's a whole other that's a whole other question yeah. whatever the point is that all the teams that make the most sense for Patrick Kane are in the West. Yes. At this point. The most the, the easiest, most direct lines to draw are are to the West. Whether it's Dallas, mm-hmm. who Saad Yusuf has done a great job over the last couple weeks of ex- of explaining how, how a how that deal could happen, b what it could look like, and c just kind of tracking it in context with the rest of the moves around the league. I think Saad has has his has his finger on the pulse there. There's Edmonton, and then there's Vegas. And I think those are the three. If you, if somebody were like, all right, bang out a quick little 400-word yeah. blurb on the three teams that are that, that, that make the most sense. Yeah, I can't. That's why I think so. I'll, throw that, I'll throw that in the block okay. after, after we hang up here. To me, those are the three teams that make the most sense. I mean, they fit a lot finan- of bills. For fina- for finan- for b- based on cap space, the potential for clearing cap space. And the willingness need to move and like eagerness, f- need yeah. and willingness to move a first round pick to the Chicago Blackhawks because if if there were any doubt that that was going to be the headline piece headed back to Chicago, it probably shouldn't have been. But if there were doubt, this last stretch where he's got five goals in his last two games yeah. or whatever, like this little, you know, I'm sure very deliberate, very targeted run of of production that he's had because Patrick is not happy with the way any, any of this any of this is shaken out clearly he's been open about that yeah you don't think that there's a bit of him you know over the last week that's like screw this like I'm gonna show everybody that I'm still a prime offensive player in the league so and that and that's all it takes yeah. that's all like the last three days has rehabbed the entire any any issues that people may have had with his lack of production defensive issues whatever the crap season that he's had so far that is the benefit of the doubt that an elite player gets is he is he can he can turn it on for three games and everyone's like oh that's right oh that's who you fine. are yeah you just send and that we're going to give up a first and, 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 and yep and we're going to give up a first round pick for him right I want to I'm sure he's like okay anybody who's doubting me I'm going into Toronto real quick I'm just going to say I'm just going to have a statement game and just remind everybody I'm fine I'm fine I'm prime Kane too man doesn't every former Blackhawk end up in Dallas, isn't that the pipeline? Like the Patrick Sharp trail, I think they call it. And <laughs> I'm trying to think of like the exact. I was trying to guess it, like interstates <laughs> that go from Chicago to. Chicago I feel like to there's Dallas. a bit of a pipeline. I know we. Get, I mean, we talked about Duncan Keith and Edmonton, but like where where these former Blackhawks seem to. I, you know, Dallas to me is interesting because you've got the resurgence of you know Jamie Ben. You've got everything kind of lining up. The West is wide open. We always feel like Dallas is, you know, has to do something, mm-hmm. right? As, as part of the roster. They've dipped, they've dipped a bit yeah. in the past, you know, week or whatever. So there is that need, you know, and there is that time. There's that runway where like this, I feel like this trade deadline season in terms of speculation and in terms of, you know, or, or just deals period, like not even, yeah. not even speculative deals, actual concrete deals. It started early, and I think part of that is because of we. This is the first truly normal one we've had since twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's a that's a big part of it. But the, I, I think that's part of the runway. Honestly, is that like you, you look at a team like Dallas, who like 
three weeks ago, would would we have said like, look out for the Dallas Stars when it comes to Patrick Kane? Like, not necessarily because the need didn't feel like it was there, and the market wasn't really dictating it, and you didn't have this other player movement throughout the league that kind of makes it more likely. And now, after a few weeks of seeing that, like here we are, where it seems like if if you had to place odds on it, they would be the odds on favorite at this point. I'm convinced of that. Yeah, I just like the idea of a Ryan Suter, Patrick Kane, Joe Pavelski. <laughs> That's that's Jamie just, Ben Tyler Sagan. Well, that's like, like an old American gym. Olympic team or something. It's like let's get the <laughs> let's get the boy get Ryan Miller out of retirement. Where's Brian Rafalski? Yeah, who else? Who else? Who else can we call up? Where's <laughs> let's get a let's get let's get let's get Orpic out there. Ryan let's Whitney. see what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's uh, fine. He's busy. Brian's got he's got what's got a lot going on. I like that. I like that as a solution. It's just to me. <laughs> Vegas seems chaotic. You know, you know, Callie McCrimmon seems to be in and every big name. And it just seems like it's, I like Dallas as a fit. Just uh, all those, all those things considered. I'm tired. No, we're tired. We're both tired of, of Vegas. Kind of. Dude, like, and then they're going to end up doing it. And it's like, oh, that's cool. You got all these great players. Yeah. yeah. Like congratulations on Mark Stone having a bad back and being able to, being able to use that money on some other brand name, you know, dude is in his thirties. Cool. I will say in Dallas. Uh, Let's make it happen. Yeah, that I think I think we all can agree. And and maybe things will thaw between us and the stars. I would also say, um, you know, Jonathan Taves news comes out, his the long COVID stuff is is seems to be back. I I think it was either Scott or Laz did something that's like, hey, like this is about this guy's health and legacy. And it's just you know, you, you hate to see that at this point in time, which could have this could have been like the Taves resurgence back onto a big stage playing in the playoffs like in some other timeline and it's not happening it I feel like it was an under not undercovered <clears throat> but people forgot pretty quickly I think that he just missed an entire season yeah of this yeah you know and he, and he came out especially at the start of the season and he was productive and he looked himself and he was clearly feeling better and all that and everybody was really quick to just memory hole what he was coming back from. Mm-hmm. And I think this is, you know, a nice example that, you know, recovery from this is not always easy and it's not always linear. And yeah, that that's, you know, that that's something that needs to take, that needs to take priority because I guarantee you there are a lot of people when they, when they saw, you know, I, the wind had been blowing that way, I think, for a little bit. Like, it seemed like he was pretty gassed and he was missing time and he wasn't feeling well and w- or whatever. But I guarantee that there were people who saw that announcement about uh, about Taves and, and, and his long COVID issues yesterday and were like, oh, shit, that's, that's, that's right. right. That's right. Forgot about that. Yeah. And you shouldn't because this is real and it's going to be something that's affecting him and uh, probably a pretty large portion of the American and uh, Canadian population over the next however many years uh real quick before we get to the next segment i do want to give you the option sean connor hellebuck has a a big night american connor hellebuck jets pretty interesting sneaky interesting team uh are you know as we know the calgary flames are america's team as we've adopted them as the one canadian team we can enjoy you you are all in on the flames i'm just gonna throw that you have the option now uh on february 21st to switch to the Jets as America's team in Canada that we can talk about and appreciate. Are you exercising that option? All right. Something something we should say about the Jets too is that 
they're interesting because of their salary structure, I think, for the next couple of years. They have a lot of guys potentially coming off the books mm-hmm. and heading elsewhere, whether that's Dubois, whether it's, you know, whoever. Or you wonder if they're a team that could be in on a player that has some term left. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, like that's that's a fit there that I think is, you know, and that's and this is speculative and just, you know, trying trying to connect dots but like their their salary structure moving forward in a way that in a way similar frankly to, to the hurricanes Don said last week there's a bunch of guys coming off coming off the the books after after this year right yeah they have money to burn next season if it's if it's something and then and then answer questions about the long-term makeup I think of that roster uh you know kind of moving for us beyond you know beyond next season so that's that's interesting um as far as swapping out the Flames for them as the official uh, Canadian team of the American edition of the Athletic Hockey Show, mm-hmm. hashtag Tuesday Boys Three mm-hmm. Uh I think we almost have to do it. Yeah, I think so. I think we got to do it because the Flames are cooked. <laughs> they, yeah. they can come back next season. They can they can throw their hat back in the ring for this. It's a very real honor. It is, but if, but I think it's I think it's bye bye this year. Okay, and the Jets would be a mess. What about the Leafs? No, come on, it'd be fun. No. They're led by an American Austin be, Matthews. See, this is this is a uh, this is boss mode, Craig. He just wants to be able to put Maple Leafs in the mm. in the headline for this for this for this podcast uh, title. If we I could just, uh, you know, nobody talks about the Leafs. Just got to juice, juice the search fine, engine optimization for, can, for, can, for the athletic hockey show. We can I see, I, I see you adopt there, boy. the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> It'd be fun if they did it, like if they became go a sneaky do something. Yeah, yeah. Go do go it. get someone. On our behalf. For the for the be. second or third time in the history of, of that, of that, uh, of that, you know, post move organization. Go, go get someone relevant. All right. Coming up next, Sean sits down with Charlie Lindgren, Washington Capitals goalie. Uh, definitely stick around for that. And of course, we have segment three, the best segment. Only good segment, you could argue, on the show. We'll be right back. More and more people are saying it. They are. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We're psyched to be joined by Capitals goalie, Charlie Lindgren, he's a Minnesota guy, a St. Cloud State guy. We'll get into all that stuff, but Charlie, thanks for being here, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right, so that so we're recording this on Monday. Uh, you're two days out. That was on that was on Saturday, right? Yeah. Outdoor game. Yep. 
Caps Canes at NC State's football stadium. Um, I know you haven't had that experience in your in your NHL career, but had you had you know experience playing in front of like a, a decent sized crowd on ice or, or, or out, outside, or, or was that a, was it was that your first first go at it? Um, so just looking back at my career, you know, last year I was I was with St. Louis um, during the Winter Classic in Minnesota, mm. uh, which was which was cool for me, just obviously being from. You know, growing up uh, 15 minutes away from um, Target yeah. Target Field, I got, was, I got I got bad info on that. I, I wasn't I wasn't sure well, if you were on the I wasn't. The I, didn't, or not. I didn't start or back up, so I was okay. I was in the locker room watching. I got uh, <laughs> I think it was the next day I got sent down, but um, but that was that was really cool. Uh, obviously, my family being able to come mm-hmm. uh, to the family skate. Um, actually, my wife had COVID, so she missed it, but my parents That's were able wonderful. to come, and uh, so that was that was cool. Uh, but other than that, uh, like biggest audience I play in front of, um, you know, probably nothing uh, more than the standard NHL rink. Right. I don't think. Um, right. So certainly, you know, that was that was pretty cool. Like looking out in the stands and seeing, I think they said fifty eight thousand. Um, I believe was the attendance. We talked 000. to we talked to Don Waddell actually in, in the run up to it last week, and I think he was saying like fifty seven or fifty eight was going to yep. be yep. going to be where they clocked in at. Yep. Yep. So that was, that was great. Like the, uh, just the atmosphere was unbelievable. Um, I'm a, you know, I'm a fan of country music too. And, uh, right. so Jake Owen, you know, he was even playing during the, uh, the TV stoppages in the first period, which was a little unique, but, um, you know, I, so I got to enjoy that a little bit. And then, uh, in the locker room, I could hear him playing That's a little awesome. bit. In the That's awesome. I saw, I saw they brought you guys in on the bus cause you made your, you, you you guys got the hero, the hero exit on on a Twitter video coming out, coming yeah. out of the bus. But did you get a vibe pregame of, of what was going on in the lots? I mean, we've heard a lot about the, you know, college football tailgating environment and all that stuff there. I mean, it gets it gets. I'm sure I'm sure people in Carolina are tired of hearing about it, honestly. But but that is a big part of it. Did you guys get a vibe of, of what was going on in the lots when you when you rolled up there? Yeah, I mean, when we were on our way there, we had the police escort, and um, yeah. you know, uh, I remember get on the highway and then getting off that uh exit to like head to the the stadium you know it was it was a parking lot like it was it was packed and then once we got on that the street lane leading up to the the field you know it was uh you know people in jerseys people barbecuing you know i'm sure the uh obviously the alcohol was flowing and um yeah of course yeah of course tailgate so (laughs) but it was yeah it was yeah the whole lead up was phenomenal like it was just so cool uh being on that bus and just just seeing everyone in the parking lot just um you know supporting their teams and and coming out for the for the game that was that was really cool that's great your season so far with the caps obviously i I know this seemed like it was a big a big priority for you in the off season was to get to a spot where you knew that you were going to be a full-time, you know, NHL goaltender without having to play behind a third guy, you know, didn't have to ride the Springfield express in in St. Louis or, or, or anything, or anything like that. Has it, has it gone according to, according, according to plan? Like, is this what you were, is this, is this, is this how you were hoping, hoping it to go in, in terms of terms, of, you know, the performance and ice time and all that stuff. Like how's, how's it, how's it worked out for you? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've truly, I, I've loved everything about it here. Honestly, I have, um, you know, I, I was fortunate enough when I, uh, when I signed, you know, I was, I was good buddies with Nick Dow just from my time at St. Cloud. Um, and you know, he was, 
he was talking it up to talking up the, the organization and, and just the living. And, um, it certainly, um, exceeded expectations. Uh, you know, I, I've loved living, uh, uh, near Arlington here in Virginia. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, we got a really, really good group of guys here. Uh, great leadership. Um, and we, we got a competitive hockey team, you know, obviously we're, you're, lo- you're looking at the season. We're, we're struggling a little bit right now, but you know, every team, uh, kind of goes through those ups and downs and, and we'll, we'll obviously figure it out. But, um, yeah. But yeah, just from my point of view, it's been uh, it's been amazing. I, I really really enjoyed my time. How important was that run that you went on in December? Did you feel towards like establishing yourself just generally, but with with the group also? Like that's a that's a big kind of tear to go on that you deserve. Really got a lot of credit for. I mean, I, I know that I know the boys were, were playing well in front of you, but you know that's a serious a serious run to go on pretty early on in your uh, in, in in your time with the Caps. How did how did you feel like? did that did that did that set you up for success i I think moving forward was that important yeah i mean uh, you know uh you you never like to see someone go down and and Mm -hmm. kemper uh we formed a a pretty tight bond uh throughout the year um and you know he took that that elbow um Mm -hmm. on the penalty kill in calgary and Mm -hmm. you know concussions you never know how they're gonna uh, how they're gonna be um but uh i knew that uh uh, I, I had to step up. I mean, that's what you got to do. Um, you know, the, the backup position can, uh, can sometimes be tough because you're, you're playing maybe once every 10 days, once every couple of weeks. And, and, and once he went down, I knew I was in a situation where I was, I was going to get uh, a good amount of game. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that month of December, you know, it, it's kind of been back to back Decembers for me, even going back to yeah. previous year with St. Louis, right. um, you know, it's kind of the same deal. I got the, uh, you know, I got to get rolling a little bit in the NHL and, and, you know, I think I got into a pretty good rhythm uh, last year in St. Louis. And then this year was the same thing where, um, you know, just, uh, I thought played some really good hockey, but I think, uh, certainly, you know, the, the, the team in front of me, I know, you know, it's cliche, but I mean, yeah, I truly yeah. mean, truly True. mean it. Yeah. I mean, the, the team in front of me really that month of December, like we, we played our best hockey of the year. Um, you know, we just, I think, you know, we, we deserve to win. I think every game that we played in that, that month, we were just, we we're playing that good. Um, so, but yeah, it was, I think that was big for me just because I don't know how many games I had leading up to that, that time. Um, uh, but certainly I got a chance to play, uh, eight or nine games in a row and just kind of, I was able to kind of establish myself a little bit and, yeah. uh, be able to show my, my teammates and my, the coaching staff and everyone, in, in the organization, you know, what, what I feel I'm capable of. And so that was, yeah. uh, I think that was important for me. Yeah. I mean, you had those eight or nine starts in December. I did look it up. You've so you've, you've played in 24 games so far in the season, right? And that's other than that, you've been in double digits once in in your first seven years. So this is like a serious, you know, yeah. a jump, a jump in workload maybe that you haven't seen before. Um, and it's, it's been, you know, it, it's, it's worked out. Um, what is the dynamic? You mentioned Kemper. What's the dynamic like between the two of you guys? It's always a fascinating thing when you have, you know, a goalie tandem and, you know, some, some guys give different answers as, as to how they approach it. But as you know, in, in the role that you're in, how do you, how do you uh, exist kind of in that on, on, on a day-to-day basis, you know, interacting with him and in, in, in the roles, you know, both you kind of occupy. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it's important for the the goalies to have a, a strong relationship. And I think that's something that uh, Kemper and I, we established pretty much right from the get-go um 
you know, we share the same agents. And so, uh, Ben Hankinson, uh, was talking about, you know, he's like, you're going to love Kemper. He's, you know, he's your kind of guy, that sort of thing. And that's certainly been the case where, um, you know, once I showed up in DC and he, and he showed up, uh, we, we really just hit it off. And so, um, you know, obviously the goaltending position, it's, it can be difficult because it's, it's one spot, it's one crease. Um, but you know, I know when I signed here and, and when Kemp signed here, like, um, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's got quite the pedigree and he's a heck of a goalie. And so, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I find myself more so in the, in the supporting role where I feel like, you know, I'm always trying to, I'm trying to push him and, and support him. And, um, you know, whenever I get the crease, obviously I'm trying to, you know, do everything in my power to help the team win. Um, but it, it's been a fabulous dynamic between Kemps and I. Um, and so it's been, it's been awesome. Like when you talk about supporting him, what does that, does that have, what, what does that look like? Is there, you know, do you guys go over technique stuff? Cause that's always a question that, you know, you, you hear goalies talk about, you know, we push each other and we support each other and whatever, but functionally, like on a day-to-day basis, like, are you guys going over, you know, opponent's tendencies or are you going over technique stuff like what does the what does the support process look like for for, for both of it, both of you on your end so i think um and, and the technique stuff is where scotty murray the goalie coach comes mm-hmm. in i think he he's a big uh sounding board on on that side of things um you know i'm more so just you know the kind of the guy in the intermissions that's mm-hmm. you know saying you know you know keep it going you're playing great like um you know, even last game in Carolina, like, you know, we got down four nothing, but, you know, I still feel, I felt like he was, you know, doing his part. I thought he was making some big saves. And, you know, in the secondary mission, I just said, you know, you can't worry about the score. Just keep on battling, keep on competing. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really it. I think it's, it's mm-hmm. more just being a friend, uh, is, is really what it comes down to. And, and then obviously when it comes to practicing on the ice together, like, I. I'm a guy that's, uh, you know, loves to compete, loves to work hard. And, and I think, um, and I think Kemp sees that and respects that. And I think, uh, you know, I, I see him doing the same thing. So it, it's, it's been awesome. Is he as nice as he seems? Cause we, we, we did the, we did the Vegas, you know, preseason tour with him and the dude was just like, He's, it, was, it was 15 minutes of just like ear to ear cheesing from him. He seems like he seems like a really, really genuinely nice, happy dude. Is that been a, your experience? That's the kind of guy he is. Yeah, he's super, just a, a really nice guy, uh, really down to earth. Um, yeah, I mean, humble. Like he's he he's awesome. Like just um, mm-hmm. you know, I I can't. Uh, I don't have one issue with the guy. That's that's you know. So that's. Uh, that's been great. Yeah, I wasn't expecting you to air your grievances with Darcy yeah. Kemper. On, on yeah. I was like, I didn't, didn't didn't feel like there'd be many of those. Yeah, this is like the obligatory question that I feel like everybody asks anybody who spent any kind of time with the Caps. But what was the what was the Ovechkin intro- introduction like that? Like, did you have the a, a welcome welcome to Caps culture, you know, moment with him? Because I, I know I know everyone loves talking about that, and they seem like they're they can be pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a he's a hilarious guy. Um, but my, you know, my first, I'll, I'll never forget kind of the first time I met him. I was, you know, I was laying on a foam roller in the gym and he came up mm-hmm. and I, he came, came to camp a little bit later than a lot of guys. Um, so there was a good amount of us in the gym, but just came up and, uh, said, hi, I'm Alex. And, um, just, uh, you you're know, like, you're like, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I think I know. <laughs> uh, but no, he, he's, uh, 
he's unbelievable. Honestly, he's just uh, a really, he's a hilarious guy, like in the tunnel before the games, like his, his antics is, you know, when, when guys are like dapping him up or, you know, uh, cause he's one of the first ones in the tunnel, like it's either me or him. And, and so I can, when I'm starting, I can kind of hear him, what he's saying to everyone behind me. And it, then it becomes like a, uh, every game sort of deal, but it's hilarious. And then, you know, pretty early on, like, um, you know, he, obviously his shots all world, like it's, yeah. How hard, how hard does he go on you in practice? <laughs> yeah. So in practice, like he, he doesn't, um, you know, it's certainly not like games where he's, he's pounded. I've seen him pound a couple pucks in practice. Um, but you know, there was one time too, where it was kind of funny where, um, I'm trying to, it was either during training camp still, or it was early on in the season. Um, so it was just like one of the first drills, uh, just one of, you know, a simple shooting drill. Uh, but he came in, uh, over the blue line and, and I saw the puck roll up on him and he, he just took a, a snapshot. And like my cage had a huge debt in it. So, um, so I actually, uh, I, I took the cage home. So I got to say, there. yeah, you're like, did you yeah. put, put that, put that in like plexiglass or something. I know. <laughs> I know. So I, I have that cage in my bedroom right now and, um, I'll have to, I'll have to get him to sign like a piece of paper or something and, and just say, you know, this is from Ovechkin. Um, great. so didn't hurt at all it was but pretty cool it was just hilarious just seeing how big that that was just from a snapshot and just you know he come up to me he's like hey the puck was rolling the puck was rolling i'm like uh, i saw it like you're yeah good. oh no i, I know <laughs> even if it wasn't rolling you can do whatever you want so <laughs> i don't care yeah you're like i'm it's it's fine i'm, yeah. I'm good i'm here yeah. that's, that's yeah, what right. i'm here for yeah exactly yeah so your family were wild season ticket holders starting in 2000. Is that true? I saw that bit of that bit of uh, information that popped up when I was when I was just doing doing my research here. Yep. So my my dad um, shared season tickets with like a neighbor. So we had we would get half the home games. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. So, so you I, would have I been was at the, seven, probably like like six yeah, or seven was, or eight. I was seven or eight. And so, uh, my dad took me to the first ever wild game against, uh, they played the flyers. Um, so that was, you know, obviously a, a memory I'll, I'll never forget. Um, but yeah, we would go to, you know, throughout my, my childhood. I mean, he would take me and my brothers, there's two tickets. So like we would mm-hmm. kind of each go maybe Trade a couple, t- couple times a year. Yeah. So that was, that was really cool. I think it was just, uh, you know, it's, it's a fun way to grow up when you're going to see the, the hometown team play. Totally. And it happened when you were young enough too. like, you probably don't remember, you know, all that yeah. well. Yeah. Any, ti- and, and, any time, any time when, when you guys didn't have a team up there, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't like before 2000, I, I can't remember, you know, it's, it's really weird to me. Like, it's weird to think that Minnesota didn't have an NHL team. Like it's, mm-hmm. it blows my mind. Um, but yeah, it's obviously the wild. They've been there now for 20, 22 years and they're a staple in the culture. And, um, they have a lot of uh, fan support, but uh, I was, yeah, we were all, we were all wild fans growing up for sure. Your dad's still split in the season package or, or is he? Or is no, he gone from no, that? he's done. He's done. So kind of <laughs> once, I, I think once I left for juniors, um, so that would have been in 20, what would that have been? Uh, like 2010, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had him for, for maybe 10, 15 years, but I think that was, that was a, it's a good, that's a, that's a good run. Takes you yeah. from whatever seven to seven to sixteen or seventeen. Yep. I think that's yep. that's the that's the impo- that's the important point. Hundred percent. Yep. All 
All right. I wanted to ask you about the mustache. I know you'd ask about that about that all the time. But we had we had we had Chucky Sideburns in St. Louis. <laughs> we, we got we we got you rocking the mustache now. Is there is there a next facial hair configuration that you're going to go to? Is there is is there something in the chamber for next year, or are you just flying by the seat of your pants? No, I think it's just uh, I think the mustache has kind of become the staple. So I think it's <laughs> it's something that I'm just going to keep. So you're committed uh, to it. That's a look I'm, that that's a that, that's a look you have to commit to. I'm committed to it fully. So and it's funny because like the my wife's you know she's kind of getting tired of it, but it's it's just like I, I like the way I kind of look with it and. Um, you know, I, I had gone, you know, I've been uh, probably a full uh, 18, 19 months now with a mustache. Um, and so even prior to that, like throughout my career, I'd kind of go in spurts too, where I'd have the mustache and um, then I'd shave it off. And but, do you guys, uh, do you guys, so do you guys have kids yet? That's, that's a, that's no, an important question. No, See, that's like, not. once you, that's the big commitment. Cause like if you commit to having a mustache with kids and then you shave it when they're five or whatever, they're not going to, yeah. yeah, no. you're going to, you're, you're going to freak them out. They're going to wonder who the, who the dude in dad's in dad's uh, in dad's room is. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you like throughout my hockey career, like I, at least I'm, I'm kind of putting my foot in the ground right now. Like yeah. throughout the rest of my hockey career, like I, I don't see myself not having it. So that's great. Uh, however long that may be, um, I, you'll see me w- with a mustache. And I think, you know, it's funny to me too. Like you, you look at, you know, there's uh, pictures of the the old Capitals teams, like on the mm-hmm. uh, in the hallway and at the game rank, and like you look at obviously the '70s and '80s. Like ninety percent of the team has has a mustache, and um, you know, I was a big fan of like the the Ralph Cox and yeah. uh, <laughs> you know that that whole like <laughs> the miracle. Like I just you know I just love the way it looks, the old school. Uh, kind of mustache sideburns you know that whole look is is hilarious to me so you, you got the you got the mustache that you've committed to you've got a three-year deal with the caps yep. at the place in arlington or whatever you're you're set you're putting you're putting down roots you're making big boy decisions here yes, sir. That's, that's that's important yeah 100 100 percent. i like where i'm at perfect i appreciate the time man good luck with the rest of the season and i'll hopefully catch up with you down the road yeah i appreciate it thanks a lot awesome thank you Good stuff there from Charlie. Craig, I, I wanted to ask you specifically about your approach mm-hmm. as a father yeah. to facial hair, because that was a big part of what we talked about with Charlie. Like at some point you have to just lock yourself into to the choice once you have once you have little kids. Oh, as a dad? Yeah. Yeah. Cause you used to I mean the, the beard's a relatively new addition for you, but that also came, you know, your kids were were old enough to have object permanence and realize that it wasn't some other person in the house yeah. they, in, instead of their dad. No, I think at this point it would be super weird if I shaved it off. Like to the kids, it hides 10 pounds, I think. Maybe not well, but it, certainly. It, I think I think we can both say with some with some certitude that it does, yeah. Yeah. Over here. Yeah. So so it's here to stay for many reasons, but yeah, I, I think um I think you have to commit. <laughs> I mean, think about like my dad would go hunting every year dad, and would yeah, like throw out his say, beard. If my dad, and I'm like, if my dad would have shaved his mustache. Yeah. It would have been like, I was always scarred. I'm like, who's this guy who just came home from deer camp or whatever? My dad would come back and not shave. So and I did not like it one bit. Dad. If my dad, if my dad would have rolled up clean shaven at some point when I was seven or whatever, I would have probably called the police. Yeah. Who is this man? What's your dad's name? I need to just be able to reference him. Mike. Mike. Of course. Michael. Yeah. Mike G. Mike G. 
he's he's our own Mike G, as opposed to the <laughs> HR HR superstar for the Mike G, <laughs> Mike G and Grosso. You have two Mike G's in your life. All right, let's Wild. let's throw a break, and I'm excited to dip into the questions, assuming they're good, and they always are. We'll be right back. Mm. They're not. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. This is the only good segment on the show. Dive into the reader comments on the athletic app. It's really cool and really easy to find them. Mm-hmm. Definitely not convoluted and uh, shitty at all. Thank you guys as always for throwing these on there. We had 19 this week, which is a nice, a, a nice number. Let's keep it going. We want more than 20. Just for Again, this is pure unfiltered laziness. Jason K., can we anoint the Devils the official team of the Tuesday Boys? Hashtag Tuesday Boys, three Zs. Yeah. They're 10-1 and one against Canada this year. That's pretty Their good. Their one loss, which ended that 13-game winning streak, was against Toronto when they had three goals overturned, which I think, again, they should, yeah, we should be able to retroactively declare that a win for NJD. And also, since, I don't know if, you know what, Jason posted this on February 19th. I don't know if this is before or after uh, the Devils' last win. They beat Winnipeg, the official... American Canadian team, uh, four two, on the nineteenth of February. So I don't know if that number is included in Jason's number in Jason's record for uh, the Devils against Canada or not. But it, either way, that's a great thought. I think mm. there's a lot to a like lot of about new the Devils. Aside from the, yeah, right. Aside from the, yeah, this is the official adoption hour for for the show because we have we have Winnipeg and now we have New Jersey. I want them to do something. I, I think they're in that. In that class of team, we talked. We just talked about Dallas as, as as a team that we wanted to act. I think New Jersey's kind of in that in that group too, right? And of course, it's Meyer, but it's other teams in general. I would love to see them make a move. I would love to see them try to keep pace in the Metro Division with New York. <laughs> New York, like there aren't two New York teams with the Rangers, who mm-hmm. I think have a cap caliber roster, cup caliber roster at this point. And cap, and the Islanders, who like we who like we said before are leading the wild card race right now. So yeah, man, let's make an arms race. Let's, let's have like uh, throw Pittsburgh in there too. Let's see like every team in the top five of the Metro division, make like some meaningful uh, move in the next like 11 days. Let's go. I'm I'm with it. So if we were to adopt the devils as the official team of the show, does that replace the Sabres? Are we swapping out? I mean, everyone knows. I don't think there's any official paperwork that's being filed here because, as we know, the savers, the savers are for, the savers are in that spot and have been for a while. Mm-hmm. Devils need to just feed us some more players. That's a big part of it why is. we like the I savers mean, so much. We didn't get Jack Hughes, pretty good player. <laughs> that is true. We need we we need quantity now. We yeah. have quality. Yeah. With with the savers, we've had quantity and quality because we got because we've had we've had Tage, we've had Tuck, we've had Granado twice. Uh, I'm sure there's someone in there that we're that we're missing. So yeah, this is it. They're a strong number two. Here's what I'll say. Yeah. Uh, we got a couple of comments about the pizza former buildings that were turned into <laughs> former Pizza Huts that were turned into new buildings. Um, Mark P says an old Pizza Hut in his city, Richmond, Virginia, is now a Hollywood hustler sex shop. It's also across the street from a children's museum. So, <laughs> wow. I don't know if that's true. Is that true? I'm going to find this. If this is true, we're going to be able to figure it out. 
Max Z uh, says Max gonna stop by the House of Rubens, which was the one I was discussing. That was an old Pizza Hut. Oh, that's an old Taco Bell. Um, next time I go <coughs> visit the legendary Big Beaver Road sign. That's correct. That's it's probably about the House of Rubens is probably about a ten minute drive from that sign. Big Beaver. God bless Big Beaver Road. What else you got? We got a couple of oral history requests in here. Yeah, this is this is what we're looking for. 1996 Team USA World Cup of Hockey from Slurms McKenzie. Uh, I, I if that hasn't been done, that seems like a seems like a slam yeah. dunk, doesn't it? Have you, did you do that? That seems like something you should have done already. I, I mean, it, it does it does hit hit the profile. I never did the 96. I mean, I've t- I've written about them, talked about that a lot. Um. There's going to be there's going to be, be some good big podcast oral history. Like if we re- like yep. if we ever did a and we've talked about this, you know, just time, finding the time, but like you know, a, a limited series six episodes about the World Cup of Hockey or some narrative. Um that would be a pretty good one. Yeah, Slams Slams gets a co-producer credit on that one if, if that if it happens. If that comes to pass. Yeah, we should we seriously should do that. Uh, the other one, the other uh, oral history request is of the thrash, which is the other one. It's <laughs> <laughs> really funny. Ben W. I have a guess. I have a guess of who this could be. Who Ben W. Ben w who knows a lot of details about the Zidic trade. <laughs> <laughs> the call is coming from inside the house. So we'll just put it that way. For the record, Jitnik wasn't a rental. He had two more mm. years. This is Ben W. talking. He had two more years and $7 million left on his contract when they traded Braden Coburn for him in 2007. He played 65 games in 07-08, then it was a healthy scratch for the last month of the season. He got bought out with one year left on the deal. So not a rental, just a bad trade. So that's even funnier that you brought it up with Don. You're like, yeah, what about the 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 Zidane trade? (laughs) I don't don't want to talk about that. that. (laughs) I'm like, you know, when you traded Braden Coburn, who would have to have a great... No, that doesn't, doesn't... he went. He just didn't remember that it was rent. He was right. Um, we got a little bit of business for Adam H here, who's hmm. uh, complaining about ads in the oh, in the Spotify okay. version of the podcast. That's understandable. No one likes ads. The workaround there, if you guys are listening to this on Spotify, is to subscribe to the Athletic because you can listen to it ad free uh, in the app. Uh, so go do go do that. I don't know if you really hate ads. It's probably worth a couple a couple dollars a month to have that to have that capability yeah i i mean right that's one of the benefits of being a subscriber although sean i listen just for the ads so many people say that they're the best part of the show especially since you don't bother doing them anymore and just leave me by myself to read about to write about or or talk about uh, occasionally what the hell was this last one i just had to do can't even remember i love all these products like my like my sons and daughters though I use every single one. They all work wonderfully. <laughs> Get the SG seal of approval. I'll have to let you read these Pittsburgh ones because I'm not sure I even understand them. Uh, which ones are? I'm, I'm, I think I must. I must have scrolled. scrolled Something about Century Mall or Century Three Mall. Century Three Mall. Dead me? Mall. Um, once, like I think it was like the one of the. There was some some record it had. It was like the second is whatever. First, the largest mall like east of the Mall of America or something. It was gigantic and big in the 80s and whatever else. Um, 
And it's just like, if for anybody who is in- interested in like suburban wasteland, like urban or like, you know, uh, I, like the dead mall subreddit. That's right. a big, that's a big thing. People love exploring, you know, whatever. Is it like uh, the spots like dead former Olympic like city Reddit? Uh, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. And I did a, I probably broke some laws when century three mall was still open. There were still a couple stores left in there. I went and did like a little bit of a run through of this, of this terrifying, you know, it's it's a it's straight out of uh, Dawn of the Dead or something where you expect you know zombies to jump out of you jump out of you at any time and it's completely closed now mm. this has happened in the last couple of years but yeah I uh, I put that on YouTube I think I'm, I think that might have been for the paper that is when you told people to search me on YouTube and that is the first thing that, that came up the sad also the- Timothy S says the first result is at the intersection of professional hockey and global politics the two things Sean enjoys publicly discussing the most which is really funny. That's your first love YouTube. It. Love, 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 love both. I actually don't even really, really know what he's talking about. That's okay. Well, I'm going to go on the YouTube points, and search. The, the point stands. We'll, we'll, t- we'll give you the direct address later if you want to follow the Athletic Hockey Show on YouTube. That's coming up. Um, <laughs> Zane S. asked, Craig may have rated his own book, which I did, five stars, but mm-hmm. has Sean yes. ever rated one of his athletic stories awesome or even meh? Have you, Sean? Be honest. This is a moment of what? truth. I've ne- I've never rated it meh because that's the worst thing you people can do to me. You'd rather hate Ugh, it, hate meh. it, or love it. That really is hurtful. No, meh is meh is the lowest. Oh. There's no like, there's no like you terrible know, middle finger emoji that you click on if 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 you like it even less than that. It's it's like meh okay, and I loved it. I remember when those buttons used to matter. They kind of don't anymore. <laughs> hey, they do. I mean. I is that care true? what people think. No. Do you guys have access to that? To, I haven't to seen that, that data. That's that anymore. We don't. It's just a lot of noise. Um, what else we got? A lot of questions. A couple questions for Charlie. Glad people participated. Yeah, and I and I did mix those in there. I just there weren't quite enough for me to be like, all right, like, all right, Chuck, we're going into like reader question corner. And then I rattled off like five of them. There were some, there were some good ones in there that I just kind of mixed in and uh, stole and passed off as my own. <laughs> as you guys, as you guys already know, because you certainly listened to the interview. Zacharias L, L asks a, um, this is kind of a CBA question. Is it within mm-hmm. the rules of the NHL and the NHLPA to negotiate delayed subsequent trades? Could San Jose, Edmonton, and Ottawa, in agreement with Eric Carl- Carlson, make a trade where EK is moved at the deadline to Edmonton and in the summer moved again to Ottawa? All planned for in advance, hypothetically. I mean, um, they can agree on stuff, but not. But it obviously wouldn't be official, and you can't like you can't like. It's not like post-dating a check or something where you like file the trade paperwork and it doesn't go into effect until, you know, July 3rd. Like that's not, that's not the way. Yeah, you run the risk of like. You you can agree. It's gentleman's agreement. You agree to something in principle. But if Ottawa, if Ottawa and San Jose agree to something in the summer and they say, all right, like this is, this is what we're going to do. And then someone knocks off San Jose's socks for a Carlson offer and six days then yeah so there's so because of that there'd be really no point in like what would you you wouldn't want to do that there's no official mechanism to say that you 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 can't like i said it's uh, post dating a check was the first uh analogy that came to mind 
even though it's predating, but whatever. Can't do it. Yeah. And I think that's it for the week. So thank you folks for humoring us as always and uh, keep it coming because otherwise we're going to have to think of something serious to do in this for the last 15 minutes and uh, we don't want to do that. No, please. I'd like to talk about Pizza Huts and Taco <laughs> Bells and old malls. Shout out to Lakeside Mall, which is now a bit of a zombie zone. Ah, the mall, the malls of our youth. Mm. Oh, baby. The They're American Eagle now. where I worked got half off everything. Ben Hankinson, agent, player agent. I like Ben a lot. Uh, he is joining Rapizo, Mike Russo, and Jesse Granger on the Wednesday Roundtable. So be sure to listen to Hank and the Roundtable. Also, he's a partic- particularly relevant guy at this trade deadline as well. Oh, that's I'm going to working time. We didn't talk mm-hmm. about JT Miller, by the way, today. We meant to. Uh, we'll be able to just save that one for next week, I would imagine. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the Athletic Hockey Show on YouTube. That, of course, is youtube.com forward slash at sign the Athletic Hockey Show. That way you don't have to sort through all of Sean's YouTube Ugh, mall appearances. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're not a subscriber and you don't want to listen to ads, subscribe to The Athletic for just $2 a month when you visit theathletic.com forward slash hockey show. We're back next week with Phoenix Copley. Goalie season, baby. Happy New Year. It'll be interesting to see if Phoenix Copley has the net all to himself, basically, uh, 10 days from now. We'll find out. We shall see. Great, great story, though. Seems like a good dude.